Good morning. Hey, it's a uh, typical Labor Day weekend. We're glad you're here. And let, let me just begin reading with uh, Psalm 149 and, and pray and just jump into worship. And we want today to be unlike any other. I just came back from Haiti. And I'll share more about that, but we were... Revival broke out down there. They actually invited us to stay and uh, keep doing the meetings, but uh, they're going to keep those meetings going. But I wanted to come back. It's ripe for America. Anyway, listen to this, Psalm 149. Praise the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song and His praise in the assembly of the saints. Let Israel rejoice in their maker. Let the children of Zion be joyful in their king. Let them praise His name with the dance. Let them sing praises to him with the timbrel and harp. For the Lord takes pleasure in his people. He will beautify the humble with salvation. Let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud on their beds. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand to execute vengeance on the nations and punishments on the peoples, to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron, to execute on them the written judgment this honor have all his saints praise the lord the lord takes pleasure in his people but when we worship we also are pushing back darkness anybody into pushing back some darkness today and uh, so hey we're warriors we're worshipers but we're also warriors so lord we thank you for this morning we yield to you we say come holy spirit and lord we we thank you that you take pleasure in your people so lord we've come to worship you we come to shake off heavy bands shake off heaviness and put on lord that uh, garment of praise thank you for jesus thank you for his death his burial and his resurrection and lord we yield now to you we submit to the spirit lord push back darkness let chains be broken this morning lord let there be a great advancement of your kingdom and we bless the name of Jesus, in Jesus' name. We Amen. We full of thanksgiving and praise this morning. Let's stand up this morning and thank Him for a minute. Oh, we thank You. Set our hearts ablaze like a living fire. 
set hearts ablaze like a living fire. Yes, set hearts ablaze like a living fire. King Jesus, set hearts ablaze like a living fire. Set hearts ablaze like a living fire for you, Jesus. Set our hearts ablaze like a living fire. Oh, set our hearts ablaze like a living fire. We say thank you. We say thank you. We say thank you. Yahweh, let's worship him this morning together.
Thank you for sharing that. Well, we, um, oh, before I forget, we have a boot camp coming up too. We're raising up an army around here, the real army on the earth. And, uh, but there's prophetic training this week. But as a second part of that, we're going to do a ministry boot camp. It'll be two Saturdays from now. It's Saturday, September 19th from 930 to 1230 or so, something like that. Susan's going to, Susan Starr will be teaching on healing. And then we're going to talk Jeremiah Johnson. We're going to put him to work when he comes on evangelism. And then I'll be sharing some on the ministry of Jesus. But we want everyone equipped and ready for this time. There are no 
bystanders. Everybody's got to be engaged, all hands on deck. And uh, so we're getting ready for a harvest. And um, it may not look like there's a great harvest, but I'm telling you, there's a great harvest coming. We have a ring, a great ring. Can we get that ring out of this as well? Maybe if I hold it closer, it might help. And um, the ringing in my ears. Anybody have ringing in their ears? Let's get rid of that. Can we get rid of that? I don't have it anymore. I mean, I used to. This morning I do. But anyway, if you have ringing in your ears, stand up. Let's just pray and break that off of folks. We have faith. Hey, we're the faith of a little child, right? Really? Oh, that's pretty incredible. Well, Lord, we just right now, we pray in the name of Jesus. We come to you, God. You're the healer, and we break off now every assignment of darkness. If there's someone around you, put your hands out to them. Put your hand, lay with them, pray for them. Father, we break off the ringing of the ears, whatever the root cause of that is, too, uh, that something's wrong in our body. We pray for the correction of the Spirit. We speak healing and deliverance. And uh, Lord, if there's something we need to pay attention to, show us what that is so we can get it addressed. But we break off this torment, the ringing in our ears. We break it now. We call it done. We drive it out. We pray for the healing power of Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Well, that's pretty good. I wasn't planning on that. But we, uh, hey, we just, Shirley and I just got back from Haiti. And it was awesome down there. It was, it was amazing. Um, they had revival broke out, and uh, they're continuing on in the meetings. And they invited us to stick around. And I was tempted. I thought about it. I thought, you know, that'd be really cool. Just be a part of meetings like that, a revival in a nation. And, but um, I want to see it in America. I want to see it here. And so I, I think it was time to come on back. I mean... The food's good down in Haiti. It's okay. It's a good place. But to, it's actually a hard place. Worship is amazing. Now, our, our worship was incredible this morning. You just walk in the room down there and you start dancing. It's that kind of an atmosphere of celebration and rejoicing. Because they've been through hell down in Haiti. How many of you know that? This church actually caved in during the earthquake. And um, part of it. And they had 30 members of his staff were killed. And he was telling us a story how he could hear their cries and their, and he went to him. He couldn't get to him, and, uh, and then of course the, the cries got softer and softer. And, but uh, he, it's an amazing ministry. They pray every morning at 6 a.m. Up to a thousand people come together for prayer, six days a week. They're storming, the gates of hell, praying for Haiti, praying for America. I mean, this is an amazing thing down in Haiti. So we're just really uh, pretty encouraged. One more word. I'm, in, I'm looking forward to Jeremiah Johnson. He's a young guy and I believe he'll have a word for us. Well, let's just pray and then we're going to jump in. I've got something I've got to share. I don't know how to get it all together because I, I mean, I'm preaching down in Haiti and it's a different atmosphere. It's revival. You, know, you don't preach out of notes down there. You just preach out of your spirit. You know what I mean? You get up and it's like boom. And uh, that was a great thing. But I have some things I have to share too. So Lord, we pray this morning for everyone that's come into this room that they would encounter the living God, 
Lord, we thank you that your word is, you've exalted your name, exalted your word, and your word will never return void. And so, Lord, let it accomplish your purpose today. Lord, we yield to you, we surrender to you. We say, Holy Spirit, come in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Helen. Praise the Lord. All right, you guys, uh, you seem a little quiet. Somebody needs to shout or something here. I'm just, I'm telling you, whatever you do, it would seem quiet to down there because it was really, really, really loud, and they're, they don't care. They don't, man, they're, they have, they're not impressing anybody except Jesus, and boy, they're really going for it. There's one guy. You know that guy in the red shirt? It's probably the only shirt he had. I wish we could. We couldn't. I wanted to show you what their worship is like. But he kept just running back and forth. And he just kept looking at me with the biggest smile on his face. And he looked older than me. But what they've been through down there, he probably was younger than me. Because I don't know what the life expectancy is. Surely I don't know if you can get them to do that or not. But you can try. Just try. We'll do it later. Put it on. Their worship is wild. You think you've seen something. Let me, you have not seen anything. It's pretty amazing. Well, over the next two weeks, I want to begin today. I want to address a subject on overcoming in the last days. And uh, the, so it's going to be a two-part tackling of this, okay? Because um, I believe we're living not only in the last days, I believe we're living in the last of the last days. Our friends in South Africa, whom we've gotten to know some recently, they say the lost. We're in the lost of the lost days. Well, I don't know that what if it's lost or last? They, they think last sounds kind of yank, you know, hickey and all, probably. <laughs> That's the way we talk. But I believe we're living in those days. And we especially need to be gathering together as the saints. I, I'm just, this last night I was getting extra points to this message, so I had to get up and write them down. Because, you know, I've been thinking of so much down there and on. It's just a different atmosphere. So I was putting down some stuff. And I felt like the Lord said, go back and remind them. Now, those that are there don't necessarily need to be reminded. It's those that are not there. But it says, in Hebrews, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. And uh, for he who promised is faithful, let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. We want to do that this morning. Stir up love and good works, all right, among each other. But then it says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some they must they wrote this in another hour in this hour in America it's the manner of many is what they should have said but exhort one another so much more at, as you see the day approaching and so in this day as things are approaching that are beyond human remedy we need to be even more gathering together to stir one another up in love and and good works and encourage each other because um, life is going to get exciting on planet Earth. How many of you know that? It already is. At some point, I want to share a few things I was jotting down. But, you know, the church is the called out ones, right? The ecclesia. You're called out of the world. But you're also called together. The body of Christ, we're together. And those that are, have chosen to separate themselves, you know, that one part of your body separated from the rest of the body, what usually happens? That part of the body will die eventually. It just doesn't work. And uh, we need to be together. Let me share a few things I, I read this morning. I looked on Fox News. I probably shouldn't have. 
but I saw where the Secretary of Defense, a former Secretary of Defense, he just wrote a book, and he said, I have to be honest. And basically, he's warning the American people, ISIS has been created by our own government, and they've been weaponized, and they're in America. And he, he said, I've just got to be honest, and I've got to warn, they're coming after you. And then I made the mistake to read a little bit further some things going on. Did you know that China had ships, warships, just off the coast of Alaska this week? Russia, on the other hand, had a, was it a nuclear sub off the coast of Georgia, where one warhead could instantly destroy 240 American cities. And then, of course, we know how our military's been downsized and the border's been basically removed. Folks, they're all around us. They're, they're in our midst. The enemy is not coming. He's in the gate. The Lord's trying to get our attention. And then, of course, we've been sodomized. And it's even criminal now to make a stand for righteousness. And then there's all kinds of other stuff. I mean, I could have read the whole thing. If you want to really get, you know what I mean, whoa. Um, stuff's happening. Lawlessness. A lot of things, how many of you know we're living in incredible times? Let me show you. So now I'm going to get to the Word. And I'm going to address something about what I just shared too. But I'll go ahead and do it now. I heard, I was in Haiti, all right? They have this TV, and you can watch a little bit. They're on direct TV. So anyway, I caught just a little bit of a Christian, American Christian program. And, and uh, they, one guy said, he's asking his guests, said, okay, now some people are saying judgment's coming. Others are saying revival's coming. What do you say? And he gave the typical American westernized Christian answer. He said, well, some of those people are uh, getting their revelation out of the second heaven. And others that believe in glory and revival are getting out of the third heaven. And I thought about that. I asked the Lord about it. I said, Lord, what is it? What do you, what do you think about all that? He said, it's kind of like reading Isaiah 60. We're going to read in just a moment. Those who read about the darkness and gloom, Isaiah had to be getting that out of the second heaven. And those who read the glory, that had to be the third heaven, right? And then he gave me another example. Jesus, in Matthew chapter 24, when he said the gospel is going to be preached throughout the earth, that's got to be the third heaven. That's good stuff. But when he talked about wars and rumors of wars and famine and pestilence, Jesus had to be getting that out of the second heaven, right? Out of the demonic realm, right? And then he gave me other examples. And you know what all that stuff is? It's a bunch of, can I just be honest with you? Hogwash is what it is. And yet, Western America, especially charismatic Christians, they flee to those because the gold is a little more glittery. And they want, let me tell you, you got to have the whole thing. There's the goodness of God and the severity of God. God's not operating out of the demonic realm when we see his severity. He's God. He's God in both. I'm going to try to stay to the subject here. But anyway, it made me upset when I heard that because I know so, I hear it so much, especially around Moravian Falls. And the guy that said it often comes to Moravian Falls. And I thought, oh God, how can I, how can I do it, Lord? What do you, are you, do you name names and kick butt? What do you do, God? I mean, you just, <laughs> you just preach the word. I don't I know. But, but let me show you. I want you to go over to the book of Haggai. Say Haggai. You ever read his book? 
He's got a good book. You may meet Haggai one day in heaven, and he may ask you, did you read my book? You want to be, yes, I did. I read it. I know what it was about. Okay, Haggai chapter 2, verse 9. Now here's the promise, the ultimate promise. Look at this. The glory of this latter temple shall be greater than the former, says who? Says the Lord of hosts. And in this place I will give peace, says the Lord of hosts. So there's the standard. That's the ultimate. The glory of the latter house is going to be greater than the, than the former. Everybody in agreement with that. We're going to see more glory from glory to glory. But now let's read that in context. That's another thing that irks me. Is mo many folks are picking little verses out of context and they make it into an entire doctrine. And it burns me up on the inside. But I'm just a little guy, so I can't say too much. But anyway, all right, let's look at it in context. So I, uh, Haggai chapter 2, and uh, back up, and he's speaking to uh, Zerubbabel. But look in verse 4 of that same chapter. Yet now be strong, Zerubbabel, says the Lord, and be strong, Joshua, the son of Zehadid. Well, let me back up. I got ahead of myself. Are you guys good? Are you following along? If you're following along, you can back up pretty easy. Look in verse 2. He says, speak now to Zerubbabel, the son of whoever he was, and Joshua, and to the remnant. He, in verse 3, who is left among you who saw the temple in its former glory? So he's, he's thinking back of the first temple, Solomon's temple. Wasn't it arrayed in gold and stuff? I mean, it was an amazing temple. He said, who among you remember that? Yet now be strong, Zerubbabel, says the Lord. And be strong, Joshua, because what you're seeing right now is not better than what was. That's what he's saying. That's in verse 3. Is this not in your eyes as nothing in comparison with the former temple? So he's saying, now listen, it may not look like it's going to get any better, but be strong. Be strong in the land, all you people of the land. Verse 4, says the Lord, and work. In other words, keep on, occupy till I come. Work, for I am with you, says the Lord of hosts. And according to the word that I covenanted with you when you came out of Egypt, so my spirit remains among you. Do not fear. Now, why were they not to fear? Well, look at the next verse. For thus says the Lord of hosts, yet once more, it is a little while I will shake heaven and the earth, the sea and the dry land. And I will shake all nations, and they shall come to the desire of all nations. But then after that, in verse 9, that's when he says the glory of the latter house will be greater than the, than the former. So you see the context of it. It's going to be more glorious, but there's going to come a shaking. And in the midst of the shaking, do not fear. Do not fear. I'm with you, God says. Be strong. Keep your hand to the plow. Do the work. Occupy till he comes. Don't let go of the commission that you've been given. Because the glory of the latter house will be greater. Let me give you some more. And then we're going to get to try to make it all make sense. You understand, I've been in, I've been in revival mode. You just stand up in Haiti and you just, boy, it just comes out of your spirit. And uh, you don't, it's just, oh man, it was, I would have loved to have stayed a part of a great revival. I've been longing for that all my life. But God said, I believe he said, come home. You got to see it here, son. And so I'm, I'm going to see it. But anyway, Isaiah 60. 
Think about it. Darkness shall cover the earth. Now, we know, according to charismatic America, Isaiah was getting that out of the second heaven, right? No, that's hogwash. He said, darkness shall cover the earth. Gross darkness, the people. That's just the way it's going to be. But doesn't stop there, does it? But the glory of the Lord shall arise over you. And what's that going to open up? They'll, kings, Gentiles will come to the brightness of your rising. So if we arise, the world in darkness will be looking for answers, so they'll run to us because we're arising. The glory of the Lord will be seen upon us, and there'll be a great harvest. But guess what comes in part of that? It's called the great shaking. Look over in verse uh, 21. Speak to Zerubbabel, governor of Judah. I will shake heaven and the earth. I will overthrow the throne of kingdoms. Did you hear that? Kingdoms will come, kingdoms will go. There's only one kingdom that's going to emerge. I will destroy the strength of Gentile kingdoms, and I will overthrow their chariots, and those who ride in them, and the horses, and everyone by the sword. But then in verse 23, in that day, says the Lord, I will take you, Zerubbabel, my servant, says the Lord, and I will make you like a signet ring, for I have chosen you, says the Lord of hosts. Now, how does that fit in? God is saying to you and me, be strong. Keep your hand to the plow. I've chosen you. I've chosen you. You have a role in seeing this glorious temple, this glory cover the earth. You've got a part in it as long as you're following me. Does that make any sense to anybody? Well, it does to me. You know, all of us would agree. Darkness is rising right now. How many of you know that? The Bible says it. If you don't believe it, then you just read Fox News or read the latest book or read whatever. You know, folks, the dollar has been made God to a lot of people. It ain't God. The dollar's not God. And it's shaking. It's trembling right now. All kinds of shakings going on. But let me tell you something. Darkness is not necessarily a bad thing. Prove it. You say, prove it to me. I want to see it. Show it to me in the book. Okay. Exodus chapter 20. Then I'm going to give some other things here. But you've got to see this. Exodus chapter 20. All right. Verse 18. All the people. Exodus 20. Witness the thundering, the lightning, the flashes, the sound of the trumpet. And the mountain was smoking. And when the people saw it, they trembled, and they stood far off. Is any of that stuff going on today in the spirit realm around America? Lightnings, thunder, smoke. If, I mean, all you have to do, I mean, I'm not, you've got to open up your eyes into the spirit realm, but I'm telling you, there's stuff happening in the spirit over this nation, right? How many of you know that? It's like a trumpet. I saw a guy, I was going to Lenore one day, and, and Heath and this guy, He's gay, that's his ministry. He's, he had on this white robe, and he's standing out alongside the highway blowing a trumpet. I was on my motorcycle. I couldn't do anything in the middle of the road. But I wanted to go back and thank him, you know, because I'm glad God told him to do that and not me. You know what I mean? That's what I want. Thank you for answering God's call on your life. Because if you hadn't have said yes, and anyway, but anyway, his trumpets are sounding. He's just the best he can. To bl I believe the Lord told him to do it. If, if he was a person, I mean, I don't know. There's people 
saying things. And hey, angels are showing up with messages and things. It's an amazing time. But then they said to Moses, you go speak with us, or you speak with us, and we will hear you. But let not God speak with us, lest we die. Now, some people think, well, they just didn't want to hear the voice of God for themselves. And that might be okay for whatever you're talking about. But what it was, mostly they were scared to death of God. All the stuff that was going on around them. Then Moses, you, you go hear what God has to say. This lightning and thunder and trumpets and stuff. It's, I'm going, hey, I'm going, to, I'm going home, man. You know, you tell me what he said. But anyway, Moses said to the people, do not fear, for God has come to test you. Well, I could take off into that. That's what fire does. It tests us to see what sort of works we've been producing. Some works will be burned up, yet we will be as saved through fire. Wish I could tell you there's no fire coming, but I can't. Because God it made it pretty plain. But anyway, let's go on. For God has come to test you, and that his fear may be before you, so that you may not sin. Now, that's pretty good right there. You know, if you have the fear of God, you'll run from sin. The fear of God, you flee from it. In America, we compromise. You, the reason is because there's no fear of God in the land. But when the fear of God comes back into the land, you're going to see all of a sudden a lot of holiness in the churches. Because that's who we are. He is our holiness, but he's also called us to walk holy. And when the fear of God is there, you, you tend to walk a little bit more in that realm of holiness. Verse 21, so the people stood afar off, but Moses drew near the thick darkness where God was. Now the word darkness is the word gloom or gross or thick. Same thing, same word over in Isaiah 60. Moses, all this stuff didn't bother him. He went right into the midst of, and guess who was in the midst of the darkness? God. I'll show you another verse. You don't believe me. Some of you are saying there's a little skeptics on that. Look over in Psalm 139. I saw this down in Haiti. It had been dark down in Haiti, let me tell you, for a long time. But look in this, it says Psalm 139. But let me tell you, it's not dark in the church at Haiti. Revival breaking out down there. A thousand people showing up for prayer six days a week at six o'clock in the morning? Are you kidding me? What is this? What, is, what are they doing? What is this, New Testament Christianity or something down there? Yes, Heath knows what I'm talking about. But anyway, look at this, Psalm 139. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I send into heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in hell or Sheol, that's pretty dark. Behold, you're there. If I take the wings of the morning, he's talking about the grave, not talking about hell. We understand that. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall cover me. Now watch this in verse 11. If I say, surely the darkness shall fall on me or cover me. That's where people are right now. Man, this darkness, economically, lawlessness, all this stuff that's happening is going to cover us. But even the night, shall be light about me. Indeed, the darkness shall not hide from you, but the night shines as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to you. Now, you're going to have to read that again. You guys mark that and go back and read it a bunch of times. But I'm telling you, darkness doesn't 
scare God away at all. In fact, we're going to find him in the midst of it. He's God of the light. He's God in the dark. He's God in the night. He's God in the day. He's God if you spend time in prison. He's still God there. What's that lady's name that's in prison now for... Um, you know God's with her. Lisa? Yeah, God, I mean, that's an amazing time. Can you believe we live in America where if you take a stand for righteousness, you could go to jail? It's an incredible time. All right. Two-part series on the last days. I'm almost... I just want to read some scripture because i got to have a foundation. Next week, I'll finish it up. You got it? Well, we'll do it at the end. Don't mess me up right now, Shirley. That, I'm just now getting going. I'm trying my best. I, I learned down with uh, Rodney down in uh, Tampa, Rodney Howard Brown. And I've been practicing this. I'm just being real, okay? Just, I'm being real. But they encourage you, so I'm practicing. I, before you preach, you, get, you take your tongue out of your head and you stick it in your, in your spirit. So I do that now. I'm, that is a practice now before I preach. I say, God, by faith, I'm taking my tongue out of my head and I'm sticking it right here in my spirit. Let me preach out of the spirit because the Holy Spirit identifies with our spirit. You know, that we're sons of God. And so that's the best way to communicate out of the spirit, man. Listen, you're going to forget everything I say when you walk out of here, but what the Spirit in you connects with the Spirit in me, and the Holy Spirit is doing all that, you know what I'm talking about, that's the stuff you'll take with you. You may not remember it up here, but it'll make a difference in your life. It'll be something changed about you. In fact, I think that's what's happened down in Tampa. I go hang around with Rodney, and man, stuff happens. I like being around those guys. They're radical. Because we got radical guys around here, too. And, but anyway, all right, here we go. I want to read some scriptures. Do you know there's a whole bunch about the last days? And then I'm going to share five things of how to prepare to overcome. We're going to be overcomers. Say, I'm going to be an overcomer. By the way, that's something else that's happened. You're separating the sheep from the goats, the wheat from the tares, the left from the right. Now, that's not necessarily a political statement, but he, remember he did say, those on the left depart from me into everlasting punishment, and on the right enter into the joy. You know, it's, it's in there. I mean, we can just point it out. It's there. I'm not saying, I'm not saying. But then in Malachi, it says, then again you shall discern between the righteous and the wicked. Remember? And the one who serves God from the one who does not serve God. Going to be a lot of separating going on in this day, but also there'll be a separation between those who are overcome from those who overcome. Who's he coming for? The overcomers. Oh boy, I wish, I wish this was easier. I wish you could just pour overcome 101 into people. You know what I mean? Just you automatically an overcomer. I mean, I'll try to do that, but you got to overcome little demons so you can overcome the big ones. What are you going to do in the flooding of the Jordan? If you run with the horsemen and they wearied you. Man, now's the time to get full of God. And, man, just start overcoming whatever you're facing. Now overcome it so you can go to the next level. Then you overcome that. We're overcomers. He's coming for us. All right, I'm, I'm really going to stick to the subject. I, I keep flashing back to Haiti where I couldn't even look at my notes. It's like, <laughs> yeah, preach it, brother. That's right. 
But sometimes it's okay to read because I don't know all these scriptures by heart. Acts chapter 2. And it shall come to pass, says God, that I will pour out my spirit and when? In the last days. I'm going to pour my spirit on what? All flesh. Anybody got any flesh in here? We get the Holy Spirit. Listen, this is pretty cool. Even in our flesh, the Holy Spirit will be poured out. On all of us. Men, women, children. Old men will dream dreams and all that. All right, now, 2 Timothy chapter 3. But know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. Timothy must have got that out of the second heaven, huh? Now, I'm, I'm carrying it too far, but it's a ridiculous thing. Absolutely, totally doesn't line up with Scripture. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, all this stuff. Traitors. You think there are any traitors today in America? They're in the highest positions of the land. Who's going to rise up and call them what they are? The Bible, Timothy called them that. They're traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Then over in Hebrews, God who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past by the fathers, but has in these last days spoken to us by his Son. And so... Regardless of who's speaking, that's why it's not important who the messenger is. Who are we listening for? Jesus. Remember the Mount Transfiguration. Let us build a temple. Elijah. Remember? And Moses. No. This is my son. Hear him. And we want to hear him above all. And then James chapter 5. Here's another. These are just little snidbits of the last days. Come now. Now this would be, a, I'd like to preach this somewhere. I, this would be so cool. Not in a church. This would be great if I could go to, um, well, I'm not going to name names, but the elite of the earth who think they're gathering all the gold and stuff for themselves, you know, the riches of humanity. The elite. I wish I could do this. Come now, you rich. Weep and howl for your miseries that are coming upon you. That's out of the book. That's out of James. Your riches are corrupted. Your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver are corroded. And their corrosion will be a witness against you and will eat your flesh like the fire. I'm just reading the Bible. You've heaped up treasure in the last days. Indeed, the wages of the laborers you mowed, who mowed your fields, who worked for you, the workers, which you kept back by fraud, cry out. And the cries of the reapers have reached the ears of the Lord of the Sabbath. You read the rest of it. It says, you've lived on the earth in pleasure and luxury. You fattened your hearts as in the day of slaughter. Man, you've condemned, you've murdered the just. I could put in there other. You've arrested the righteous. Ah. But then he, in the next verse he says, Therefore be patient to us, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. All right, here's 2 Peter. Beloved, I now write to you the second epistle that you may be mindful um, Oh, scoffers. I'm, I'm trying to skip. That's where it talks about scoffers. In the last days, they'll say, where's the promise of his coming? You guys have been talking about the second coming for decades, generations. I don't see him anywhere. And he, he, he's coming. Numbers 24, come, I will advise you what this people will do to your people in the latter days. Deuteronomy 4. When you're in distress and all these things come upon you in the latter days, when you turn to the Lord your God and obey His voice, 
For the Lord God is merciful. He will not forsake you nor destroy you, nor forget the covenant of your fathers, which he swore to them. Deuteronomy 31. For I know that after my death, you will become utterly corrupt and turn aside from the way which I've commanded you. And evil will befall you in the latter days, because you will do evil in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger through the work of your own hands. Proverbs 19, listen to counsel and receive instruction that you may be wise in your latter days. Now, when I saw that, that's probably, I I thought, well, that's talking about your senior years. It could be. It would fit right there with that scripture. But then Isaiah 2, now it shall come to pass in the latter days. I like this one. That the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills. All nations shall flow to it. Many people shall come and say, let come, let us go to the mountain of the Lord. When you read the rest of that, he says, he'll judge between nations and rebuke many people. Jeremiah 23, the anger of the Lord will not turn back until he is executed and performed the thoughts of his heart. In the latter days, you will understand this perfectly. Did you hear that? Jeremiah 23. Jeremiah 30, and until he has performed the intents of his heart, in the latter days, you will consider it. Speaking of God, you'll understand. The wicked will not understand what's going on, but who are going to understand? Daniel tells us the righteous. The righteous will understand. The wicked won't know what's happening. Ezekiel 38, Therefore, son of man, prophesy. Thus says the Lord on that day when my people Israel dwell safely. Will you not know it? Then you will come from your place out of the far and the north. And it will be in the latter days that I will bring you up against my land so that the nations may know me. So in the latter days, all the nations, they're they're assembling right now, getting ready to go against Israel. But what does God say in the latter days? I'm assembling them so that you will know that I am the Lord God and there's none other. Well, that's going to be a great testimony. God's going to make a name for himself in protecting his people. And then Daniel 2, and there is a God in heaven who reveals secrets and he has made known to King Nebuchadnezzar what will be in the latter days. Many of our dreams are about the latter days. How many of you are getting dreams about the latter days? You need to write those down. We need to hear them. We need to know what you're hearing. We're a body. We all have, we have the mind of Christ. No one person. And, um, and then Hosea 3, afterward the children of Israel shall return and seek the Lord their God. They shall fear the Lord in his goodness in the latter days. Micah 4, now it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall drip at Lord's house. And then he goes on and on and on. Now, we are overcomers. How are you going to overcome? Here's how I'm going to end it up. Go to 1 Peter, 1 Peter, chapter 4. It won't take a long time to wrap all this up. And then I want to show that video of Haiti worshiping. You got it? How'd you do that? Modern day technology. Joseph's a smart guy. And I appreciate Joseph. Don't you appreciate Joseph? Right, just give him a hand. He's an awesome young man. And if you haven't heard, he's getting married. Hallelujah, miracles still happen. Yes, praise the Lord. No, no, no. That's what I, they said about me, Joseph, when I got married. My mom prayed for a long time for, where'd Shirley go? Oh, she's, oh, there she is. She prayed for a long time. I know she, there were probably times she wanted to give up, but she didn't. Thank you, Lord, that my mom didn't give up. All right, 1 Peter chapter 4. 
Now, we're supposed to be talking about how to overcome in the last days. Two-part series. Here are four little, five little quick things. But the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers. Be serious in your prayer. How many of you saw War Room, the movie? War, now, that lady was serious, wasn't she? She was not going to take no for an answer. Listen, you have, we have to develop that mentality. There is no plan B. It is plan A. It's what God said. That's what I believe. It's going to be. I'm going to pray till it happens. I'm not going to back up. We've got to get that mentality. Thus says the Lord. And if any darkness disagrees, let them disagree. But my God has the final word. It is written. That's what Jesus said. So got to be serious. You get up 6 o'clock, 6 days a week, that's serious. But what I didn't tell you, you know what time they go to church on Sunday morning? 6.30. And the, that's the first service. Now, this building holds, what, three to 5,000? 5, 5,000 people. The first service is the most crowded. 6.30 in the morning. The second service is at 8.30 or 9 or something like that. It's only about half full. I thought, man... Boy, but then they have a different schedule. You know what I mean? They get up early, get going, get their day going. But we got to be serious in prayer. I, when I was down there and I, I was walking around, I got up and got a part. I wanted to be a part of the prayer room. You know, all those folks. And, and they, they don't, they're not still. They're waving their hands and they're doing stuff. And so I started waving my hands and doing stuff too, man. I'm getting in it. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to get in this atmosphere while I can. I get back to America, it's just me and a few others. You know what I mean? And, we're just plowing, pressing in. I wanted to be around that, but I was asking God, what America needs is for you to pour out a spirit of supplication on the church. God, before the fires come, it would be a lot better if we were motivated now. And we showed up in prayer to go to the war room, win the battles in prayer. Because our nation's depending on it. Families, children are depending on it. That's the army. He's marching. We're the army of God. God, stir it up. Be sincere. And then be sincere in love. Lotus in verse 8. And above all, have fervent love for one another, for love will cover a multitude of sins. Love is continual. And so instead of pointing one another's sin out, you know, just love would cover. Love covers. And yeah, not excusing. Point them to the cross. Point them to repentance, but cover them. Man, if we could just lo learn to love our brethren. I was thinking about that yesterday. Who are we supposed to love? God. Then who? A neighbor. Who's your neighbor? That's whoever you bump into, you see, you run into. Then you love the world that Christ died for. As long as we're on the earth, we're going to love them. I'm going to hate what they do. I despise what they do. I despise what some of our leaders are doing. You know what I'm talking about? It's Job. His, his heart was grieved over the, the error of the, of the wicked. He was grieved. But we love them because God died for them. The best antidote is they get saved. So we've got to make sure we keep that in our prayer. You know what I'm talking about? Because it was up to me. I just say, God, get them. Get them, God. Get them. Send the fire in the White House. Well, he is going to send a fire. 
And so we got to pray, God, get his heart, turn his heart, turn his heart, God. He doesn't know what he's doing. He definitely doesn't know what he's doing. He's an enemy of, of the cross, an enemy of life. God, you can save him. God loves him. And then we're to love our enemies. And then we're to love our brothers. That's the hardest. Love covers a multitude of sins. And then the next thing is, in verse 9 and verse 10, be hospitable to one another without grumbling. As each one has received a gift, ministry it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. So be sacrificial in your service. Let me back up, get those three in there. Be serious in your prayer. Be sincere in your love. Be sacrificial in your service. They all rhyme. That goes back to my Baptist days. Yeah, but it helps you remember. And here's the next one. Look what it says. And verse 11, if anyone speaks, let him speak as of the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies. And so speak as those who speak for God. Did you, did you hear that? Speak as those who speak for God. That's what he said. Preach as of the oracles of God. That God himself was speaking. Now, I know sometimes, you know, you, you know, you're battling. Lord, am I really saying what you're saying? Well, that's why you got to stick with the word. If you stick with the word, you'll be saying what he's saying. And, uh, but you know, in America, there's such a disrespect for those who speak for God. Have you noticed that? It used to be really guys that spoke for God. Man, they were respected a l- at least a little bit. Today, they want to criminalize you, throw you in jail, imprison you. And in the church, ridicule you and accuse you. This thought came to me yesterday. Those who honor men above God will also dishonor the men that God sends. In America, we honor men. I'm telling you, we're going to get back to honoring God above men. And then we'll honor those that God sends. And then the next thing, and this is, I've got to point it out, it's in the text. Be settled And secure in times of suffering. Look in verse 12. Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you. Verse 13. But rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's, what? Sufferings. That when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. Now, he goes on in verse 15, he qualifies it. But let none of you suffer as a murderer, a thief, an evildoer, or as a a busybody in other people's matters. If you're suffering because you're meddling where you shouldn't be meddling, don't blame that. I mean, don't say you're suffering for Christ. You're suffering because you're not where you're supposed to be. You're meddling in other people's business. That makes sense. But look in verse 16. Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian... Let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in this matter. And then God steps it up a notch. For the time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God. And if it begins with us first, what will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel? And here's my sixth point, to live for the last days. Live as one who will one day stand before God as judge. Because that's what he says. He goes on. Now, if the righteous one is scarcely saved. What does it mean scarcely? Well, if you go through fire, yet as through fire, that would be 
That could be scarcely. Where will the ungodly and the sinner appear? Therefore, let those who suffer according to the will of God commit their souls to Him in doing good as to a faithful Creator. I was thinking about our CD that the worship team put out. And Chris wrote this song. I don't remember all the words, but Jesus came as a lamb. He's coming back as a lion, right? And I don't know if one of the verses was... He came as a servant, I can't remember, but he's coming back as judge. Is that one of the verses? He's coming back as judge? Maybe it's not, but it ought to be. Because he's coming back. That's in, the, that's in the one yet to be created. But I thought, hey God, that's a great song. It's been birthed out of this, you know, this family. And it's a, it's a song for the times that's going to be shouted to the nations. We'll have to add that verse. He may have come as a servant. He's coming back as judge. And judgment is not going to begin out there. It begins. Can I tell you it's already way begun? We hadn't even known it. It's already begun. He's been separating. He's been separating. Oh, boy, that's a whole new subject. I ain't going there today. But, Lord, we need you. Lord, I'm convinced that we're living in the last days. The last of the last days. And we know time is short. So just think back now. If you forget everything I said, the glory of the latter-day house will be greater than the former. But then he said, hey, you guys, look at that. Does it look better than what you just came out of? No. Does it look right now like all the promises are being fulfilled some no sometimes there's a waiting period it doesn't look like it but the promise is it will be and what is our job be strong I'm with you work keep to the plow keep to the course it'll be worth it though none shall follow you follow me you keep going you keep believing you keep praying. If everybody else grows weary and leaves the prayer meeting, you keep going. You keep believing God. Nobody else, you pray. You preach. Nobody else wants to go because they're scared. You go. What's ISIS? If God has sent you and God protects you, no one will find you or harm you. You'll drink any deadly thing. If you're going with God, He'll protect you. He's with you. Well, I don't know what else to say, but I, I wish I could pour it into you because we're overcomers. We're overcomers. So, Father, we thank you for your son, Jesus. And, Lord, we thank you that you've called us to be overcomers in this life, not in the one to come. We don't need to overcome then. It's now in this life and all that comes with this life. And, Lord, I thank you. We have a vision. We believe the glory of the latter-day house will be greater than the, the glory of the former. We have that promise. We believe the knowledge of the glory of the Lord will fill the whole earth, cover the earth just like the water covers the sea. But Lord, right now we look at things in the natural. We don't see it. And that's why we've got to be strong and know that you're with us and that your spirit will never leave us and work while it is day. Because your son said night is coming when no man will work. 
So Lord, we pray for that. I pray for that fire to burn in every heart, that passion. Lord, wherever people are in their passion for Jesus and in their passion to do your will, Lord, I ask you, let them be turned up a notch. God, I'm asking, honor my prayer. Lord, please turn it up. Turn the fire. Turn the burner up in everyone's heart right now. Lord, I don't know, some may, have, may be a little weary, a little frightful, a little concerned about things. God, I ask you, let the fire burn up the concern, burn up the weariness, burn up the fear. Give them faith, birth faith, hope, great grace, strength, vision. Some of the people have lost their vision. They've gotten a little bit weary-eyed. God, I ask you, increase vision, clear vision for your people to see through the clouds, to see through the darkness, that you're even in the darkness. God, you're even there. You create both light and darkness. You're there. You're in the midst. You're reigning and ruling. Lord, I ask you to give us that sight that our God is above all. He's not, he's not taking a back seat to anyone. He's above it all. Thank you, Lord. And Lord, I pray if anybody's lost, draw them in. Let this be the hour of salvation, the day of salvation. Lord, no one leave this room or watching by web stream. If they're lost, convict them and draw them. Lead them to repentance. Let this day be that day as they call on you. Thank you that whoever calls on the name of the Lord, they shall be saved. In the name of Jesus. Now, we need one more thing. We need faith to raise the dead. I'm serious. I'm dead serious. No, I'm not dead serious. I'm not dead. I ain't. They told me, don't use that kind of words. Said, you know, it's your faith level or something. There may be something to it. But anyway, Lord, I'm asking you, God, in the name of Jesus, this is real. This, I, the Lord just stopped me. He just said, this is real. It may not happen right after we walk out that door, but this is real. So, God, I'm asking you to impart faith. Lord, you said that's, that's one of your works. Preach the gospel to the poor. Heal the sick. Cast out demons. All this stuff. You said raise the dead. And, Lord, I don't know why you put this on me strongly, but I pray right now. I call. I reach up into heaven, and I say, God, this people have the faith to raise the dead. We call it out. We, Lord, we're your disciples. We're your learners, your followers. And I thank you. We impart it. We receive it for the times to come. Faith to raise the dead. And we thank you, Jesus. If you receive that, just say amen. 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 Praise God. Is this a good time to show that? Is there anything else we need to do right quick before we go? I know I've taken a long time. I hope I got everything out of here. When you... Never mind. <laughs> do what? Hearing. Anybody... Did you feel any difference? Is the ringing gone? If it's not, we need to bang on the ground again. Oh, that's a big one. Hey, just extend your hands out before you go. Lord, 10 years, this is a big thing. Something else. Well, Lord, fix the something else. And is it all fixed? Well, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Because sometimes a ring in the ear is like an alarm. Yeah. 
Okay, well, well, Lord, we just ask you to take care of that. We break the power of this demonic grip, not only on you, but on anyone right now where there's any stronghold of the devil uh, on our bodies. We break off sickness now out of our, in the name of Jesus, out of our bodies, out of her body, we declare Jesus is King and Lord over her body. We speak healing and deliverance in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And Lord, touch other people right now, healing. In the name of Jesus. Amen. There are trumpets sounding. You're hearing in the spirit. How many of you, anybody else heard that? Trumpets? To you, Tyler, I have too. There are times you, it sounds like an eruption of uh, roaring worshiping, too. I don't know all that. but Hey, Tyler's mom and dad are here from the great state of Louisiana. Huh? Yeah. That's pretty cool. And is your mom the head of Women's Aglow in Louisiana? Is that the state of Louisiana? Hey, you know I'm from Bogalusa. It's pretty cool. You guys live in Manderville or Covington, which is like 20-something miles. Amen. God bless everybody. Some of you, I hope we see you again. Some are saying, I ain't never going back there. <laughs> it's okay. No problem. Just follow Jesus. Get, what's that? Oh, put that video on. I want to show you. Can you see it? Put it on. Then we'll just break out and be dismissed and have prophetic teams. This is what is this? Is. And Heath, that was one of the morning sessions. The more you should have seen the evening session. God bless you guys.